If you have your Bibles, open up to the book of John, chapter 8. John, chapter 8, we're going to read verses 1 to 11. Reading from the New King James Version. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground, Then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. I feel to ask tonight, are we still trying to stone things when Jesus is written in the dust? Are we still trying to stone people when Jesus is written in the dust? Now, before we go any farther tonight, I want to clearly state that sin is not acceptable to God. Sin has separated us from God, and sin separates us from God. Now, in the Bible, there were ways of dealing with sin, ways of keeping a nation under God, keeping a nation under God pure and holy, undefiled, set apart free of ungodly conduct. People were stoned. People were punished. The judgments of God did indeed fall on the sinner. If a woman was caught in the act of adultery, she was taken out of the city and was stoned. And the man, too, put to death. J.B. Phillips' New Testament reads, early next morning he returned to the temple And the entire crowd came to him. So he sat down and he began to teach them. But the scribes and the Pharisees brought into him a woman who had been caught in adultery. They made her stand in front and then said to him, No, Master, this woman has been caught in adultery in the very act. According to the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women to death. Now what do you say about her? They said this to test him so that they might have some good grounds for an accusation. But Jesus stooped down and began began to write with his finger in the dust on the ground. 
But as they persisted in their questioning, he strained himself up and he said to them, Let the one among you who has never sinned throw the first stone at her. Then he stooped down again and he continued writing with his finger on the ground. And when they heard what he said, they were convicted by their own consciences and went out one by one, beginning with the eldest until they had all gone. Jesus was left alone with the woman still standing there, still standing where they had put her. And so he stood up and he said to her, where are they all? Did no one condemn you? And she said, no one, sir. Neither do I condemn you. And Jesus said to her, go home and do not sin again. Now, Jesus didn't say the woman shouldn't be stoned. But Jesus knelt down and he wrote in the dust. And then he said to those with stones in hand, he who is without sin among you, let him throw the first stone. You see, there was only one qualified that day, only one that was there present that day that was qualified to stone the woman, and that was Jesus. And here he is on his knees for her, seeking to set her free, writing in the dust. It is said perhaps Jesus wrote in the dust to fulfill Jeremiah's prophecy that those who forsake God Spiritual adultery will be written in the dust. All the accusers were guilty of having forsaken God, the fountain of living water, and yet were so anxious to stone this woman to death. The same finger that wrote the Ten Commandments in stone also wrote the names of each of the accusers. Or perhaps he wrote Jeremiah 17, 13 in the dirt in front of their eyes, pointing to their hypocrisy. Jeremiah 17, verse 13 reads, O Lord, the hope of Israel, all who forsake you shall be ashamed. Those who depart from me shall be written in the earth because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. You know, so here's Jesus, and he's down on his knees. He stooped down, and he's writing in the ground with his finger. He's writing in the dust. Was this woman guilty? Yes. Was she deserving of stoning? Yes. But can we stop for a moment tonight and recognize and realize the incredible, insane grace of God? Here's Jesus down on his knees. Down on his knees for this woman. Seeking to set her free. You know, the truth tonight is we don't deserve his writing in the dust. We don't deserve that he would stoop down and that he would write in the dust. We deserve the stoning. How could it be that he would stoop down and write in the earth to set us free? And when I read this story, I think of the cross and my how he stooped down and wrote in the earth for each and every one of us to set us free. I have three points tonight. Number one, where are those accusers of yours? We are that woman caught in the act of sin. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have allowed our sin nature to take over. We were born in sin. We understand that, but we've allowed our sin nature to run rampant in our life. 
And even if we were saved at a young age, we recognize that we've all sinned. And that we all need the incredible, insane grace of Jesus. John 8, 4-11 again, And they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? And they said this, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground, and then those who heard it, while being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone with this woman, and he raised himself up, and he saw no one but the woman, and he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Can you receive that tonight from Jesus? Where are those accusers of yours? See, when Jesus sets a person free, that person is acquitted. That person is cleared. That person is freed. That person is released. Now, they were trying to trap Jesus, and Jesus turned their trap into a means of freedom for this woman. Was she deserving? Stolen? Yes. Did she sin? Yes. Did she deserve to be punished? Yes. But Jesus turned the trap into her freedom. Now, as mentioned previously, sin is a serious thing. God is angry with the sinner every day, the Bible declares. But can we see that who Jesus sets free is free? And so, too, in our eyes, they should be as Jesus sees them. Are we still trying to stone things when Jesus is written in the dust? Are we still trying to stone people when Jesus has written in the dust? Can we accept his pardon tonight, his declaration over us tonight that says, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir. And Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Number two tonight, put down the stones. We are those with stones in hand. As already said tonight, are we trying to stone things when Jesus is already written in the dust? Are we trying to stone people when Jesus has stooped down and written in the dust? Now, sure, they came with the intent to trap Jesus, but in their hands were stones. And can we be reminded tonight that we are all deserving of stoning? Verse 9 reads, Those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. You know, thank Jesus that he's written in the dust. And I want to ask tonight, is it our conscience? And if it is, would we put down the stones? If we're trying to stone things when Jesus is already written in the dust, 
would we put down the stones tonight? If we're trying to stone people when Jesus has already written in the dust, would we put down the stones tonight? Number three, go and sin no more. Verse 11, Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Jesus hasn't set us free and dealt with our accusers all so we can go on sinning. Jesus didn't stoop down into the earth. He didn't stoop down to the ground and write in the dust all so that she could get up, get free, and walk on and go on sinning. And for all of us, Jesus didn't stoop down into the earth and write He didn't get down on the ground and ride in the dust of the earth and deal with our accusers, our accuser, also we could just walk on and go on sinning. What sentence have we received from the just judge for our wrong? What verdict? What ruling? Here it is, a sentence that sets us free. And here it is, go and sin no more. No, it's like there's a different message preached nowadays. Like go and just try and figure it out and do your best. What if Jesus would have met that woman and he would have said, hey, you know, go and I mean, try not to sleep around. Go and try not to get caught in the act again like, Hopefully I don't meet you here again. But just go try. You see, he said, go and sin no more. Go and no longer live a life of sin. Go and sin no longer. And that's what Jesus is trying to preach, and that's what Jesus is trying to teach us all. But we've made it too easy. Where it's come up, we're all in. And Jesus says to you, go and try. And we find some kind of crazy hope in in our trying and some sort of a, a messed up alliance in our trying because it's easier that way. We don't have to now live by discipline. We don't have to walk away and make a 180. We don't have to determine from that point on with Jesus Christ that things are different. When Jesus is saying, go and sin no more. You see, we can't rewrite the text. The Bible says we can't add nor take away from the word, and so we're not going to try. Romans 6, verses 1 to 13, it says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? Listen, this is New Testament. That grace may abound. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. There's an exclamation mark there. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know 
that as many of us, as we're baptized into Christ Jesus, we're baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism unto death, into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we also shall live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him, For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. But alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments or weapons of unrighteousness to sin, But present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments or weapons of righteousness to God. I want to ask tonight, what have we done with his words, go and sin no more? All of us, what have we done with those words? When he meets us and there's something in our life We know we can apply this beyond the point of salvation. There's something in our life, and and we come to the Lord, and we know we need to repent. And There he is riding in the dust, and there he is dealing with our accuser, our accusers. And now he says to us, okay, go and sin no more. What are we doing with his words? What are we doing when we walk outside of the church? What are we doing with the words? Are we going and trying? You see, a decision was made, go and sin no more. And we say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your incredible, insane grace. And now I'm going to walk it out. And we crucify ourselves. We grab hold of obedience and discipline. And we glorify Jesus. And we exalt his grace. And we honor it and we respect it. Where are those accusers of yours? Put down the stones. Go and sin no more. You know, there was a righteous man in the Bible that was stoned to death. I felt to add this in tonight. Acts 7, verses 51 to 60. You stiff-necked, stubborn, and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. So do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, of whom you now have become the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, Look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. 
Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran at him with one accord. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. They were cut to the heart. But they didn't have a conscience that convicted them, but instead rage. Acts 8, 1 and 2, now Saul was consenting to his death. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles and devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. I don't believe this is new news tonight, but righteousness can get us stoned. People love throwing stones at people that cut to the heart and cause them to gnash their teeth. People whose conscience are past convicting, they instead produce rage. People love throwing stones at righteous people. Whatever the stones might represent tonight, sometimes righteous people get stoned. And I, I want to ask tonight, can we respond like Stephen? Acts 7, 55 to 60. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears and ran at him with one accord. They cast him out of the city and stoned him. There was Stephen calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he knelt down and he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. You see, Stephen wrote in the dust of his life. I mean, what would our reaction be when we're stoned, yet we're the righteous ones? When all the ones hurling stones at us are in the wrong? And perhaps we've been there. And what has been our reaction? Now, the possibility of physical stoning coming our way is, is unlikely. But when unholy people cut to the heart, gnashing their teeth at us, who have stopped their ears, rise against us with stones, whatever the stones represent tonight. Will we hold like Stephen? Will we hold? I mean, what an example for us. And then we read Luke 23, verses 33 to 35, and when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, 
There they crucified him and the malefactors, the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he be Christ, the chosen of God. Verses 44 to 46, And it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness all over the earth until the ninth hour, and the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. Stephen, just like Jesus, John 8, verse 11. Looking around, she replied, I see no one, Lord, inside of the Passion Translation. And Jesus said, then I certainly don't condemn you either. Go, and from now on be free from a life of sin. And the message reads, go on your way, from now on, don't sin. I mentioned this already tonight, but can we note that Jesus did not say, go and try and do your best. He did not say, go and try not to sin. I wonder what this woman felt knowing his writing in the dust and his words in the sky rescued her from the stoning she deserved. I wonder how she followed his command. I mean, imagine if Jesus would have ran into her again under the same circumstances, she having not heeded the perfect judge's sentence. You see, the message hasn't changed and it will never change until the coming of our Lord. The message is still go and sin no more. And the question tonight is, what have we done with the sentence that the only just judge has passed on our life? Go and sin no more. can have the worship team return. As we live for righteousness, as those that have been so graciously pardoned, let us rise and go and sin no more. Let us be an example of those that do not abuse the grace of Jesus Christ. And if some should rise against us, let us be like Stephen and let us be like Jesus. Psalm 103, verse 14. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. The Lord is written in the dust. Ecclesiastes 3.11, he has put eternity in their hearts. The Amplified, he also has planted eternity in men's hearts and minds, divinely implanted sense of purpose working through the ages which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. Eternity written in the dust. Romans 2, 12 to 16, when people who have never been exposed to the laws of Moses commit sin, they will still perish for what they do. 
And those who are under the law of Moses and fail to obey it are condemned by the law. For it is not merely knowing the law that makes you right with God, but doing all that the law says that will cause God to pronounce you innocent. For example, whenever people who don't possess the law as their birthright commit sin, it still confirms that a law is present in their conscience. For when they instinctively do what the law requires, that becomes a law to govern them, even though they don't have the Mosaic law. It demonstrates that the requirements of law are woven into their hearts. They know what is right and wrong, for their conscience validates this law in their heart. Their thoughts correct them in one instance and commend them in another. So this judgment will be revealed on the day when God, through Jesus the Messiah, judges the hidden secrets of people's hearts. And their response to the gospel I preach will be the standard of judgment used in that day. Let's stand tonight. Receive the words of Jesus. Where are your accusers? Before the ones with stones in hand tonight, let's put down the stones and walk away. In fact, let's put down the stones and get down on our knees on the ground with Jesus. Repent. Let's quit trying to stone things when Jesus is written in the dust. Let's quit trying to stone people when Jesus is written in the dust. Tonight, what have we done with his words? Go and sin no more. Jesus only knows.